Welcome to another episode of Really Healthy. Scott Mitchell. And I'm Melanie Douglas. We have an exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about fitness apps, food trackers. And how they may be preventing you from achieving your fitness goals. Really? Yeah. I thought they were the bomb.com. Maybe. Depends on how you use them. And then uh, we have a question about uh, what can you do for repetitive movement uh, in joints to stop weight training? I don't know. We'll yeah. get into that. And then nine foods that may help save your memory. That's right. There used to be 12, but we forgot three of them, so there are only nine. Uh, help you with your memory. That's funny. But let's get into fitness okay. apps and uh, food trackers. Yeah. So um, I have been chomping at the bit to talk about this because I keep seeing it on social media. I keep having people ask me about this issue. So if you use, let's say, let's talk about the, the fitness app and the food tracker all in one. Something like MyFitnessPal, right? Which I used on The Biggest Loser. Yeah. And I and I felt like it was great. Yes. I I really thought and and I've come to find out from you maybe not. Well, so they're good, but there's a couple of things with these fitness trackers that if you don't understand how it's calculating your data and your calories, then it's messing you up. So here's the first issue. And it's not just my fitness pal, it's any food tracker. Okay. So when you get a food tracker, let's say it's Lose It or My Fitness Pal or Calorie King. What is the first thing it asks you to do? What's your activity? Yes. It, w- it wants to set up your profile, right? right? It says, what's your gender? What's your age? How much do you weigh? How tall are you? Oh, and how active are you? Right. So the issue with how active you are is we always tend to overestimate our activity. It's human nature. So we think we're really active. And then we underestimate our food. But what happens is when we overestimate our activity, we go, oh, yeah, I'm really active. I exercise five to six days a week and blah, blah, blah. Because in your mind, you're like, I want to do that. So let me ask you an, a question about activity. Yeah. Because they're, because one of the things they tested us for was our resting metabolic rate. Yeah. Which basically means without doing anything, just function, just going through the routine of a day, there's a certain number of calories you're just going to burn and that's that that's just kind of your resting yes metabolic rate so so it's it might be like 1400 or what you know whatever it is right or 700 or it could be low it could be high the higher it is the is that does it really matter high or low but but it's some i guess i don't really want to know does it matter high or low what i want to know is do you need to factor it into your calculation with with one of these apps. Yes. So these apps actually will calculate um, based on lots of standardized calculations. It will tell you your expected basal metabolic rate based on your height, weight, gender, all those things. And then it asks you about your activity and your lifestyle, and it adds calories for fitness. So what happens is if you say, yes, I'm very physically active, it goes, oh, great. You get to eat 2,200 calories per day. Well, then what happens is my friend goes to the gym. She's wearing her Apple Watch or her tracker, and her watch goes, oh, wow, you burned 500 calories in your workout. So my friend says, does that mean I get 2,200 plus 500? Do I get 2,700 calories today? You see how that's misleading? Right, yeah. The answer is no. If When you set up your profile, if you say you're active, then your exercise workouts are already built in. So that 2,200 includes your workouts. It should. I mean, these are all right. – these are just roadmaps. They're not – you don't have to go calorie for calorie. But So the best thing to do that I recommend is don't say you're active. Don't say that you have any activity. Just be like, I'm 5'9", I weigh this. And I'm a couch I'm, potato. And I'm a couch potato. Got it. If you want to know really what you're Most doing – Most people that are starting out, though, probably – 
are couch potatoes. Are that, yeah. I mean, I, most Americans are. We're just lazy. Right. We don't move enough. But then when you do your workouts, and it's fun to track and see what you burn in your workouts, it, it lets you be aware and make those calorie adjustments if you're tracking, and then you weren't misled. So there's that issue, okay? Okay. So that's a big one. The second issue is um, MyFitnessPal is a good example of this. In their food database, they say they have 6 million foods, right? So they use this as a marketing bullet point. How did they get 6 million foods in their database? Because users enter that info. So some of it comes so from... So they've allowed users to enter right. into the database. Right. And they try to verify it and they try to check it, but there's so many foods and so many entries. I can tell you as a dietitian that I've looked and I've, for example, I looked for um, an apple cinnamon muffin, right? Well, 20 things came up and very few of them were right. One of them said it was only 79 calories. And I've, listen, that's like one bite of a muffin. That is not a whole muffin. So there's a lot of misleading information in there. And so you want to use, I prefer to use a food tracker app that doesn't allow user entries, that they've gone to the work to make sure their database is clean, that it comes from the USDA nutrient library, and that they're also getting their information from the restaurants from the Pizza Hut or to McDonald's or wherever you're eating, they can take that information right from them. So the app I like is Calorie King. You like that one? I do. And they have a version for tracking that's like MyFitnessPal. Their database is very clean. It's very easy to use. It does all the same things but doesn't have all that noise from user-entered foods. So um, how do you get the app? How do you – I mean, is it just like any other app? You go to the app store – Yes. Uh, are they are these typically free? Are yes. They... Well, they're free. They have paid ones where you can have more features or fewer ads and all that stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, they're free. All of these things you can use for free. And so I was looking at mine both say Calorie King, but they have a version that's for my fitness pal type people. And then they have a version that's just a food database, which dietitians like me like to use. But basically, those are two things that you need to be aware of because if you're logging your food – um, it better be the right information. You don't want to think. So you don't you don't want to just go in, yeah, and just say, "Hey, I just had a muffin," mm-hmm. and you and so you look up muffin and if it says seventy nine calories, it's and, wrong. <laughs> and all of these things pop up, and and you you have to select one. You have to it's figure a, out which muffin which you one. ate. And, and so so you would you want to be even though with the calorie king, do you still want to be mindful of that as yeah. far as just always? So if you look up something, don't just Whatever fits your fancy, just make sure that it's as accurate yeah. or close to what you're eating. Because, because I, you know, with me, I as you you mentioned that I, I remember certain things going. Wow, that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I can. So, how much is an egg? I'm just curious. It's 80 calories. Okay. Yeah, they're about 80. So, listen though. Here's the thing. I don't See, I think. Felt good about that. I knew what. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So you don't need to track every calorie you eat every single day. Some people do it because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like they're following a routine or whatever. They just like to know. But I recommend that you use a tracker a couple days a month to check in, like a good three-day checkup. Track what you're eating. Make sure that you know what's going in and out of your mouth because we lose track when we don't, like, stop to think about it. But I don't think you need to track every meal, every calorie, every bite. Uh, It gets a little bit too tedious, and it makes you think about food 24-7. It it becomes your life, and you become consumed by it. Okay. Um, Fascinating stuff. I'm going to go try the Calorie King. Yeah, see what you think. I'm going to give it a buzz, and we'll, we'll, I'll give an update down the road. We can, we can chat about it. All right, so uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we have a question 
What can you do for repetitive movement injuries in joints that stop you from weight training? You ready a for lot. this? Yeah, you I got gotcha. you. All right, we'll be back in a minute. healthy scott mitchell melanie douglas here um we had a question yeah and the question had to do with what can you do for repetitive movements injuries in joints that stop you from weight training it's a good question and you know what? i'm kind of confused by the question okay so help, basically help me be unconfused <laughs> it can be in any activity so let's take a tennis player and they might have a shoulder injury or carpal tunnel or something because they're constantly doing the same activity. So then these muscles get tired. In mm. weight training, people will get repetitive movement injuries in their shoulders or their hips or their knees. Um, and so let's say you're you're doing your clean and press in the gym and your hip is just killing you. And you're like, okay, do I never get to do a clean and press again because my hip's just not healing? So the answer is this happens a lot. Um, so the answer is what can you do? A, you should probably take a break. So I know people that have had the same overuse injury for years and they live with it. They live with the pain. They go get shots. They take ibuprofen. They take a break, but they never take that full on. I'm going to take six weeks off and do something else to give these muscles a break. So number one, take a break. Do something – you don't have to do nothing, but you can do an activity that doesn't move the muscles in that same direction or motion. Um, but the other thing you can do is think about if you have a repetitive movement injury. Let's say your hip is really bothering you. When your hip is bothering you and the muscle's overactive because it's being overused, it's overactive, then you need to stretch it, Right. So you need to do some flexibility training. You need to get that muscle to relax. But what often happens is the other side of your body is trying to make up for it. So it's trying to balance out this overactivity. So when you have one injury, it often leads to more, right? Because my, uh, knee, yeah. <laughs> my knee starts trying to counterbalance my hip or my ankle or my shoulder. And it, your body's all connected. So treat the dang injury. Don't let it go. That's the thing. So I found... The opposite to happen. Okay. okay so I, under, I understand this. Basically, yeah. when I start exercising, start lifting weights, I'm really sore. And I, I actually find that as I lift weights, the soreness goes away. Right. So how do you determine between an injury and that soreness? Because if I was, if I was to start one day and go, oh, man, I am sore, I would never, I would never, I would always be resting. Okay, a repetitive movement injury is going to typically be on one side. So it'll be unilateral pain, and it is in a small joint typically like your elbow, your wrist, maybe your shoulder. But And it's when you do one certain activity. Every time you swing the racket, every time you lift the barbell, you feel this one pain on this one side. That's a repetitive movement injury. I hope that you're talking about overall soreness. Of course, yeah. And that's fine. That's different. That's a different thing. So overall soreness, like adapting to a new routine, you work through that. That's fine. But if you have a, something that's sharp, really pointed, you can put your finger on it and go, and it's that's right where it is when I do this move. You need to get some stretching in. 
And, you know, I always say hire a trainer one time. It'll cost you 50 bucks, 70 bucks, whatever. But the information you get from the trainer in that one hour could benefit you for the rest of your life. Well, when it comes to an injury, see a physical therapist. I had a herniated disc in my neck, and I thought I was too cool for school. I was not going to go to the physical therapist. I know all the stretches and moves. And I finally caved, and I went to a therapist, and he showed me the exercises. And even when I was in therapy, I was like, oh, I'm too cool for this. I'm a trainer. Do you know who I am? Right. Um, but I did it for six weeks, and guess what? I didn't have to have surgery, no meds. Physical therapy healed it. It's never come back, and it's fine. Take the time to heal yourself because it's only going to get worse or spread if you ignore it. All right. Okay. I like that. Um, all right. So we have in the news here from Health Magazine, there are nine foods. There's that, probably more than nine. Sure, but these but are nine, these are good nine foods yeah. that actually help save your memory. Mm-hmm. So how does this actually, like, how? I want to talk about the foods, but what actually happens? How does it help to save your me- memory? Well, uh, you know what? Let's go through the foods because then it might be more clear and I'll answer it. So here right. are the foods because we need, we need to give you the nine. It's so specific. So oils, like healthy oils, healthy fats, fish, dark leafy greens, avocados, sunflower seeds, peanut butter and peanuts, red wine, berries, whole grains, and then this is a 10th exercise. But did you sense a trend in that list? Did I sense a trend? Yeah, I mean, well, the trend is there's a lot of healthy fats. So you're seeing in oil, fish, avocado, sunflower seeds, peanut butter, you're getting healthy monounsaturated and omega-3 fats. Um, In the dark leafy berries and whole grains, you're getting a lot of minerals and vitamins. And basically, guess what? Your brain needs healthy food. It needs fat. Your brain likes healthy fat a lot. So that really helps your brain function better. Um, And your brain needs nutrients. Your brain needs fuel. And guess what? These foods aren't just for your brain. They're good for your whole body. But they specifically, I mean, if that's what we need. I think people are motivated by a healthy brain and memory because we all feel like we're losing it sometimes. (laughs) So whatever motivates you to eat your healthy foods, that's fine. But these are just good healthy it, foods. So so it's the it's the vitamins, it's the nutrients, it, healthy fats. It's the healthy fats that actually because I think I think a lot of people go like one of the the misnomers or or things that happen in in eating is is this whole concept of fat. And we've talked a lot about it on the show and we've talked a lot about the benefit of it, but I don't know that we've really talked about the benefit of, of it from your mind. Yeah. You know, it's like there's you talk about the nutritional benefits of fat and what you get from from it. But we, we don't necessarily talk about how much um, of an impact it, it has on our, our minds. And this is something that I'm actually want to be more mindful of. Yes. Since it's mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah. Um, and and there I've had a lot of discussions from the world that I come from where this whole idea of like brain injuries or concussions oh, yeah. or and so things that actually help me with my mind whether it's nutrition or, or other things um i always like so you mentioned so this is about magnesium people. too like specifically just what you were talking about magnesium is a really important mineral for your brain so a lot of these foods have magnesium yeah. potassium anyway so how does exercise fit in 
Exercise fits in because it helps improve the flow of oxygen and improves your respiration. So nutrients, everything flows better thanks to exercise. Got it. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. You can visit us on Instagram and Facebook at the Healthy, uh, the Really Healthy Podcast. Also, go see our website at thereallyhealthyshow.com. We'd love to get your comments and feedback. A lot of great information. Thanks for joining us. And for Melanie, I'm Scott. You have a really healthy day.